Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I also want to welcome our online audience, those who are watching today, wherever you're watching at uh, and where else you're watching from. or If you're listening to this on a podcast later on during the week, however you're listening, we welcome you today and we don't take it for granted that you're watching and listening. And to all our, those who are serving and who got here early this morning and will leave late today, who will be here for both services, I also want to acknowledge you and thank you for all that you do in our church. Remnant family, can we give our, our workers, our leaders, our, those who serve here a big hand? So, so much bigger than just me. You see me, you hear me, you hear me preach and you see me, but there is a vast army of people behind me, serve alongside of me, that And we, were, we would not be able to do what we do without them, so I'm thankful for them. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Hey, I don't have a message today. I have a story. I've got a story today I want to share with you. Now, this is the greatest story that has ever been told. This is a story. It's not uh, an imaginative tale. This is a truthful story, and it's the most powerful story that you will ever hear. It's the greatest story. It's a story that changed my life as well as millions and millions of other lives. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to understand this, that every person and every time I have come up to preach behind the pulpit, there have been some times that I have not preached the gospel. I've preached motivational thinking and uh, I've preached principles from God's word, but I have completely failed and not preached the gospel. Now, that's not going to happen today. I'm going to preach the gospel today. I want to... Back in 2016, I think it was the end of the summer of 2016, I had a business owner, a prominent business owner in this city invited me to lunch. I said, sure. I went to lunch with this guy and we small talked, we ate. And after we got through eating, he kind of went, <sighs> I said, okay, he's going to now tell me what this is all about. He began to ask me, you know, about Remnant Church. And, and, and at that time we were a fairly new church. Uh, we had Remnant started on August, August the 9th of 2015. This was the summer of 2016. He knew the story of the church and what was going on and, and, and how, you know, a bad situation it was. And then he had noticed also how it began to grow and how God had begun to move. And uh, he, well, he based that on on cars actually being in the parking lot. And he, he asked me, he said, how, how, how has the remnant grown? And I began to share with him some ignorantly, some things that I thought we were doing right. But then at, at, at the end of my spewing off things that I felt like I had done right, I really got down to the, the core of what had caused growth. And the, what had caused growth was the preaching of the gospel and preaching about Jesus. And, and I don't say that arrogantly because it sounds like I say that uh, I'm saying that other preachers don't preach about Jesus, but other, there's a lot of preachers that don't preach Jesus. They preach things. They preach stuff. 
They preach, give me this amount of money, and if you give me $7.77, then I'll promise that God will give you 77 miracles within 77 days. And there's a Greek word for that. Two words, actually. Bull crap. <laughs> you want to know what I really think about it? Ask me later. That's not the gospel. Well, what is the gospel? The gospel is for whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, no matter what you look like, no matter where you've been, no matter who you've been doing it with, how long you've been there, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't get it twisted. That's the gospel. And I said, well, we preach Jesus and preach the gospel. And then I give an opportunity for people to get saved. And people are actually getting saved. And then this is what he said to me. Whew, that bore me to death. You know, hearing about Jesus and the story of Jesus, what the Bible calls good news. See, he was way beyond that. He wasn't like you and me. He was way more sophisticated than that. He, that was elementary stuff. He was ready for some, you know, whatever. He said that would bore him. Now, have you ever had a conversation where you think, man, if I could do it all over again, I would have said this, and you say it, and it's really good, but it's too late? Yeah, that's what I done. I don't remember what I said back to him. In fact, I was so uh, surprised that he even said that. I, it really took the air out of me. I didn't know what to say. So I don't remember what I said. But I want to tell you something, friend. The gospel is not just for the sinner. It'll save the sinner. But the gospel gives power to the saint. Paul said it like this in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God. What is the gospel? What got you off drugs? The gospel. What saved you? The gospel. What brought you out of darkness? It was the gospel. What made you not a better you, but a brand new you? It was the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only hope for humanity is the gospel. There is nothing like it. It's, it's bringing life. The Bible says we were dead in trespasses and in sin. There is no nothing worse than being dead. A dead man can't help themselves. Dead man can't do anything for themselves. I was thinking about that conversation with that businessman this week. And then I thought about this. What if you were one of the bodies that were buried in the collapse of the Twin Towers on September the 11th? What if it happened to be you? And you were buried under the rubble and the debris 
and an officer or a fireman or woman, senior hand outside of the debris or your foot sticking out or, or heard you moaning in pain. And they came to your help and they rescued you, got you to the medical care that you needed. Would there ever be a point in time where you would get tired, you think, of telling that story? No, why? Because you, you were rescued. You were lost and you needed somebody to find you. You were in a situation where you couldn't, <laughs> couldn't help yourself. You needed help, but you couldn't help yourself. Friend, that sounds a lot like the gospel, doesn't it? I was lost and I needed somebody to find me. I was in need of help, but didn't even know it. Because a dead man can't do anything for himself. A dead man doesn't know he's dead. A dead man doesn't know he's lost. A dead man doesn't know he's blind and in need of sight. A dead man doesn't know he's helpless because he's dead. And that, friend, is me and you spiritually dead without Christ. This is the power of the gospel, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Whether you live in Garlington Heights or Cherokee Heights, whether you live in 09 or Jamestown, Douglas or Waycross, it makes no difference. Black or white, Rich or poor, educated or uneducated, it does not, whosoever believes. I know this works, Carl. You know how? I know. Because it worked for me. Mm. I'm going to stay right here. You know how I know it works? I remember when we went to Honduras, a couple of guys from the church went with us. I said, God, what am I supposed to say to these people? I don't know their language. I don't, the way they live and the way I live is so different. I'm really a fish out of water. I said, God, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? And the Lord said, just give them the gospel. So that's what I've done. We went to this, I don't know where it was at. And it was out and there was very little, uh, there was, it was just, it was mountains and mud. And we went to this house. This house we went to was, um, this was like the mayor of this town. But it wasn't a town. It was just like an area. Basically, he was like the big dog. And whatever happened kind of had to be okayed by this guy. They said, we got to stop here first. I said, okay. So we stopped here. And because I guess I'm the preacher, they thought I knew what to do. 
So guess what? I had my Bible, my English Bible, and I took my English Bible and I learned this. You're going to like this. Ephesios. Ephesians? Huh? Ephesios. That's what I said. Ephesios. Ephesios. I got the translator. I said, come here. Come here. We're going to do this. Ephesios. Ephesios. Dos ocho. Dos ocho. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. I got the Spanish Bible. And I had my Bible. I just closed it. And I started saying it in English and showing them in Spanish. This is what I said. For you are saved by grace through faith. Not of your works. This is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. I said, are you saved? Have you received the gift? He began to say in Spanish, I go go to mass. I go to church. I am trying to be a better person. I said, that's not what I'm talking about. See, you can't earn what I'm talking about. You can't go to mass enough. You can't go to church enough. You can't go see the priest enough. This, This isn't about doing good things. This is a gift. I said, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Have you you received the gift? See, the Bible tells us that we all fall short of the glory of God. That's, That's before we get saved. And if we try to do it ourselves after we get saved, we fall short. I said, no, that's not what I'm talking about. This is a gift. I said, would you like the gift? He said, what is the gift? I said, no, not what. Who is the gift? I said, Jesus. See, Jesus done something that you, are you ready? Are you ready? This is, I'm preaching now. Jesus done something that you could not do for yourself. See, we were given these 10 commandments. Hold on just a second. We were given these 10 commandments, right? Right? We were given 10 commandments. And God said, you do this, and if you do this, you have a relationship with me. The only problem with the Ten Commandments is we can't keep the Ten Commandments. They're perfect. They are God. They're who He is. Even if you keep nine of them, nine out of ten, that's a 90. Right? That's good. With a 90, I go on lunch. 90, I put on the refrigerator. 90, I get money for. I showed them mom and daddy. 90 is a good grade. But God's not good. God's great. And God says, if you're going to have a relationship with me, you've got to be, listen now, this is so so unobtainable. If you're going to have a relationship with me, listen, you've got to be perfect. God said, if you're going to have a relationship with me, you've got to be absolutely perfect and righteous. Guess what that does? Damns all of us. I said, I don't, it don't matter how much you go to mass. It doesn't matter how much good you try to do. It ain't about that. 
It's about believing that Jesus died for you and rose again for you. Jesus is the gift. He said, how do I receive this gift? He had tears rolling down his eyes, full of condemnation and guilt, trying to come, trying to do right, but always falling short. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is anybody thankful for Jesus today? Tears rolling down his eyes. He said, I, how do I receive the gift? I said, the Bible says, whosoever believes on him shall not never perish, but have everlasting life. Hey, I said, you want it? He said, I said, let's pray. When we got there to that house, he looked like he was under so much duress, heavy. When we prayed that prayer, it was like a, it was an inward thing that happened, but it was like a physical transformation. I seen years of worry and pain and struggling and condemnation and guilt roll off of this man. For the first time in his life, he admitted to the fact that he would never be good enough. And that's the gospel. You'll never be good enough. You'll never get it right enough. You'll never get, get X all the X's and dot, cross all the X's and dot all the I's. You'll never be able to do that. That's why you need Jesus. See, here's the thing. In Eastern culture, uh, and what the Bible was written with the Eastern culture in mind, they always talk around the truth, you see. The whole Bible, the whole Bible is, is about Jesus, if you didn't know that. From the beginning to the end. Uh, when Moses raises up his rod, and remember, the Israelites are running from the Egyptians and they got to cross the Red Sea, but they can't cross it unless God dries it up. And Moses held up his rod. What happened? And the sea split. What does the rod represent? The cross of Jesus. What does the coming from one side to the next represent? Salvation. Going from this side, which is about to be death, to this side, which represents life and security and freedom. All of this, friend, represents Jesus. Pointing to Jesus. See, we get these Ten Commandments and we can't do it. We can't meet them. We can't meet this perfection, this demand of perfection. God gives us sacrifices. I'm carrying you through the whole Bible now. You ready? So he gives us sacrifices. The sacrifices, though, don't get away, get, get rid of sin. It just covers sin. And you have to do it over and over again on the Day of Atonement. Every year, sacrifices would have to be made for your sins to be covered. 
Then God give us priests to do the work, but the priests become uncaring. That's why the Bible said, I, I know what you've been through. I know what you feel. I know what you've walked through. I know where you've been. Gives us priests. The priests are uncaring. God gives us judges. One of the judges in the Bible, Samson, you know how that turned out. Then the Israelite wants, the Israelites want a king. I'm taking you through the Bible now. They say, give us a king. Samuel says, God, they want a king, but they don't need a king. You're their king. God said, give them what they want. And the Israelites got Saul as their king. And David, and they all screw up. The both of them screw up, and all the kings after that screw up. So God gives them prophets. And the prophets are supposed to tell the kings what God says. But guess what happened? The people killed the prophets. See how we're always screwing it up? So we needed a better law keeper. We needed a better sacrifice. We needed a better judge. We needed better kings and a better prophet. See what the Bible, and you can read this in Hebrews, all of these things were, were, were trying to get us to God, but they don't work. So Jesus comes on the scene. God says, this is what I'll do. I'll give my only begotten Son. And whosoever believes on Jesus couldn't keep the law, couldn't get it right, but if they'll put their faith in the one who ain't never got it wrong, if they'll put their faith in the one who's always got it right, if they'll put their faith in the one who lived a life and lived it perfectly and sinlessly, if they'll put their faith in me, I'll give them relationship with God. I want to tell you this for it doesn't matter how much you go to church. It doesn't matter. I want you to go to church. You need to go to church. But if you think, friend, you'll get to God by going to church, you are misunderstood. You're, you're misunderstanding what, what the gospel is. If you think you can earn anything from God, you are fooled. God will owe no man nothing. He will be a debtor to no one. You hear me, what I'm saying? There's no way you can get to God except through Jesus Christ. See, Jesus, I didn't even tell you the story. So God, see, this is the gospel. Are you bored? You don't want to hear the gospel today? You want to hear about how God wants to bless you? This is how God wants to bless you today. So God gave his only begotten son. You know, it's the Christmas story. Wrapped in swollen clothes, laying in the manger, But this baby doesn't stay a baby. He becomes a man. He starts his ministry at the age of 30, and for three years, he tells the people, I am. I am the voice. I am the voice in the bush that spoke to Moses. I am the rod that Moses held up. 
I am the one who caused the lions to go to sleep in the lion's den and spared Daniel's life. I, hey, the king was right. I was the fourth man in the fire. All of this was about me. Woo, glory to God. All of it was about me. Every bit of it was about me. He, he lived his perfect, spotless, sinless life, which made him the candidate for the cross. They would arrest him. Religious leaders would have him arrested. The Romans would beat him and scourge him and hang him on a cross, suspended between heaven and earth, friend. He would hang on that cross. The Bible says that he took every sin. Pastor, past, present, or future. Hear me now. Hear me real quick. All. All of your sins. How many, all your sins were present at that point anyway. I mean, future, at that point anyway. When Jesus died, he took upon all of our sins on the cross bore them upon his body. I want you to think about it now. Don't just overlook it. This is the gospel. Don't just say, move on, pastor. I don't want to hear this. You need to hear this. Because this is power for the, this is power for salvation, but it's also power for the saint. On that cross, he took upon all of our sins, every addiction, every brokenness, every, every, every lie that we would ever tell, every, every, every bit of jealousy, all the, everything that we would ever do that goes against God. Jesus took in his body. So dark, so painful that even Jesus Christ would say, God, why have you forsaken me? So much sin that God even couldn't look upon his son. And Jesus bore all of our sin upon his body. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, therefore Jesus had to die. But nobody killed Jesus. No. Jesus took upon the sins upon his body and then when he had done everything that needed to be done, when he got every, when every sin was accounted for, then he raised up off that cross fighting asphyxiation. He raised up, pulling himself up on those spots, getting one more breath of air and he screamed out, Shout it out. It is finished. What was finished? The, the hold that sin had on man. The power of sin was broken. Life was given. What we couldn't do on our own, God sent his son to do for us. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then he took their sin off the cross and they placed him inside a tomb. He took care of the wages, which was death. He took care of the penalty. But then on the third day, 
he rose again. Signifying that sin cannot hold you down. Yes, you were born into sin. Yes, you should die in your sin. But I have come so that you can have life and life more abundant through Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. This is the answer. This is our hope. See, this is how I know this works because it crosses all cultural differences. Saw level ground at the cross. See, I can get in front of a group of people and say something and it'd be right and the people not accept it because I said it. Then somebody else can get up and say the same thing that I said. Look different than me, say it, and it be accepted. Because they said it. There's a miracle of the gospel right here. Doesn't matter who says it. This is the power of God. It breaks through every cultural difference, through every racial barrier. No matter where you've been or what you've done, who you are, this, friend, is what works. There's some stuff that's being peddled out today by men calling themselves preachers. It don't work. See, you can't tell somebody in a, in a third world country that God wants to give you money, 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 money. God wants to bless you, bless you, bless you, and never have any problems, any problems, any problems. That does not work over there because that is not the gospel. But this works everywhere. You know, that's why I love this church. And don't get it messed up. I love this church. I go to bed with this church on my mind. I wake up with this church on my mind. You hear me? I love this church. I'm not talking about a building. We could take all of us up and put us under a tree. And I love this church because it ain't about, I'm talking about you. I care about you. I intercede on, to God on your behalf. This is why I love this church. It's because you can have somebody who's 70 years old, who's been saved for 55 years, sitting next to a person who's a needle junkie, sitting next to a person who makes $50,000 a month, sitting next to a person who makes $500 a month. You hear what I'm saying? And we've got something that binds us together. We got a... See, I want this story to be your story. We've got something that binds us together, a common story. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. We've got a common story. That's what binds us together. That's what makes the church the church. 
It's all equal ground at the foot of the cross. Every label has to fall off at the foot of the cross. I don't care if you're a doctor. I don't care if you're a lawyer. I don't care if you've got your PhD or you've got your uh, high school diploma. It makes no difference. This gospel works. This gospel is what saved you and me. It is the power of God. Jesus loves you. Let me say this. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You don't deserve it. There's nothing you'll ever do to deserve it. The same grace that saved you is also the same grace that will keep you. And I see a lot of Christians who are under such condemnation and guilt because you're trying to do this on your own. What's wrong with you? You didn't save you, and you can't keep you. Some of y'all working so hard not to lose what you got. I don't want to lose what I got. Well, love the one who saved you. See, all of this, none of this is about law. It's about love. You see, if your life is in a moral hurricane, The answer is not rules and law. The answer is love. You begin to make this thing about you and what you can do, but you are always going to fall short. You are always going to need Jesus. What am I saying? I'm saying, hear me, stop working harder and start resting harder. Rest in what Jesus Christ has done for you. Stop trying so hard and start trusting Jesus. See, the Bible tells us, it's very simple. The Bible tells us, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I wish my wife was here in the 11 o'clock, but she can only stand by preaching once. She was here this morning at nine. She's mixed it up a little bit because of the baby. It's easier to come at nine. And I was thinking about our relationship. I can remember when we were dating and we'd be on the phone and we'd talk. This was back when you had minutes <laughs> and you had to monitor your minutes. You just couldn't talk. Just who you wanted to. As long as you wanted to, you had minutes. And I was, she said, baby, don't worry about the minutes. My mom and daddy's a missionary, and they got all these minutes. They got international minutes. They got local to local minutes. They got mobile to mobile minutes. They got you and a special friend. You can add, we got minutes, baby. When you got with me, baby, you got minutes. I said, whew, whew, uh, okay. And we get on, the, get on the phone and we talk for hours. You hear me? And then when we got through talking, we talked about everything a couple of times. And when we got through talking, guess what we done? We listened to each other 
inhale and exhale. <laughs> My God, what a set of lungs she had on her. And then, and then, and then are, some of y'all, it's been so long since you was, you done this, so. But you remember what I'm talking about, don't you? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. I wish I was there. I wish you was here. <laughs> you don't know about we didn't mind talking to each other. We were in love with each other. And there was be nothing that I would not do for her. Oh, guess what happened? She ran out of minutes. <laughs> guess who had no minutes? Her parents. Guess who started? this relationship off on the right foot with the in-laws, me. I wanted to talk to her. I was compelled by love. Nobody said, okay, you got to go call her now. Oh, Lord, let me call this heifer. Find out <laughs> what she wants. No. I was, couldn't wait to get off of work to grab the phone to talk to her. Why? Because I love her. You see, God isn't wanting us to do things out of obligation for him. Well, I got to pray today. I've got to, God, I got to go to church this morning. That's living in law. And all you're doing is your best to please God make doing something for him and you're doing it out of some mandatory obligation when God wants you to come to a place of love. See, I don't have to go to church when I'm in love with Jesus. I don't have to pray when I'm in love with Jesus. I don't have to read my Bible again when I am in love with Jesus. So you could take this and twist this and say, well, pastor, you're saying, okay, it's a gift. We can't do nothing to earn it. We can't do nothing to deserve it. So I just ain't going to do nothing. I heard what you said. You said, rest and don't work. You said, quit trying and trust. So I, this is my last Sunday. See ya. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying life is more than obligation and mandatory religious rituals. When you come to Jesus, you don't do things because you have to. You do things because you want to, because you fall in love. So, see, you, if you don't understand the gospel, you'll never have life. If you don't understand the gospel, you'll never have joy. If you don't understand what Jesus has done for you, you'll never have peace. You'll ne There's nothing worse than a miserable Christian. Someone who claims they have something that we're, others are supposed to want and nobody wants it. You fall out of love with Jesus because you make it about yourself. And when you make it about yourself and you're trying and you're working and you expect God to do this because you've done that, friend, it makes it about law. And Jesus died out of love. And he wants us to love him 
See, what we need is a revival of love. We need to fall in love with God all over again. And when you fall in love with God, it'll push back the things that are taking your attention. When I was dating Holly, nothing took my attention except her. I was in love with her. I still am. Friend, I think we've fallen out of love with God. We've interjected us and made this about us doing something. And the law was do, 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 but grace is done. You're not waiting on something to be accomplished. You're praising God for something that's already been done in your life. It's a finished work. You're saved and you are saved forever. God loves you and he's keeping you. So out of love, you praise him. Out of love, you worship him. Out of love, you go to prayer. Out of love, you go to church. Out of love, you share this gospel with somebody else that doesn't look like you, doesn't sound like you, and you think, how in the world could they relate to me? You relate through the fact that you were all born into sin and needed a savior. That's how you, out of love, out of a place of love. Let me, let me, let me remind you, stand with me all across the building. This... Is what this church is built on. This is what this church is built on, the gospel of Jesus. Do you remember me talking about Jesus being in the center, about Eastern culture, how they go around the truth and then they tell you what, this, what it isn't and then what it is. Jesus in the center, center. And I, I want to take you back to Jesus hanging on that cross. Guess what? I don't think it was by mistake, but he was in the center. Walled in by a criminal on this side, hear me, and a criminal on this side. One criminal said this, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, this day, this day, today's the day of salvation, you see. God didn't say, go to church a little bit. Read your Bible a little bit. Get baptized a little bit. No, this man was hanging on the cross. There was nothing that he could do. He just had to place his faith in something that Jesus was doing. He said, this day you will be with me in paradise. That was one side. But on the other side of Jesus, and ain't this the truth? Ain't it the truth? One believes sees with their own eyes and then on the other side was the other criminal who could have placed their faith in Jesus that day but he didn't 
died in his sin. When he took his last breath on that cross, that criminal died and went to hell. Not a place where you burn up, a place where you burn forever. Not a bad place, a damnable place, a most wicked and evil place. You know what makes hell, hell? The absence of Jesus, but also the absence of hope. See, for all of us, we look at tomorrow and say, it maybe it'll get better. Even, I'm talking about lost people. Maybe it'll get better tomorrow. You have a hope that the future will be different than the present. Hell, there is no hope. It'll be eternal torment forever. But Jesus made a way of escape. I'll never wrap my mind around this. I'll never wrap my mind around this. That God demonstrated his love in this manner. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I never want to get over being saved. Hey, I never want to get over the cross. I never want to get over the blood that he shed. I never want to get over the sacrifice that he made. Don't give me no new nugget. Don't give me no new information. Don't think I want to be... No, friend, this is it. This here is it. I'll never get so educated that the cross doesn't blow my mind. That the blood that He shed for me doesn't blow my mind. I want to ask you, this has to be the Spirit of God. God has to move now. I, there, this is the power part that I can't give it. It has this. And this is dependent upon Christ to move right now online and in this room today. I want to ask you, student, adult, care how old you are, how young you are. I don't even care if you're a leader in this church. I don't care what your title may be. I want to ask you, what side of the cross are you falling on today? Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Eternity is sure. The only thing unsure is where you're going to spend it. I came today under bondage today with truth. And I want to leave here free today. I want to leave here with laying everything out on the table today. Hear me. Have you accepted 
the gift. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.